0: chapter 1. I'm going to read one verse and that is verse 16. Romans chapter 1. I read verse 16. If you are there you can shout a beautiful hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1. Only very few people shouted hallelujah. So if you are there now can you please shout hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And the topic of our discussion this morning, hopefully, is going to be a short one, is what I call ashamed of the gospel. It's a question ashamed of the gospel? Or maybe we can put it in a, a, a better way by you asking your neighbor, are you ashamed of the gospel? Don't be afraid. Ask your neighbor, are you ashamed of the gospel? The Bible tells us, or the Bible makes us to understand, That the gospel is the good news of the kingdom. The gospel is what you believe and what you profess. The gospel is that which is in you. And that which you proclaim. When Jesus came to the world. His primary assignment was the preaching of the gospel. And that was what he did. For the three and a half years of his ministry on earth. In fact, the Bible makes us to understand in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Everything about Jesus, all that he came to do, all that he achieved was about the gospel. Bible makes us to understand in that same book of Mark chapter 1 verse 14. Mark chapter 1 verse 14. That after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee. Doing what? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. That was his assignment. While he was here on earth, we are made to understand that he sent the disciples out. He sent the disciples out. In Luke chapter 1, I mean chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together, he gave them power and authority over all devils, and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick. So he gave them power. Over everything that could resist them. Then he sent them forth to preach. So the purpose for which or the reason he gave them the power was to do what? Was for them to go forth and preach. It is only upon fulfilling that purpose that other things will follow. No wonder the Bible says, seek ye for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what happens? Every other thing will be added unto you. That Luke chapter 9 verse 6 says, And they departed and went to the towns preaching the gospel. Doing what? Preaching the gospel. And healing everywhere. That's very important. They went everywhere preaching the gospel. And because they were preaching the gospel, healings followed. And his great commission to us when he was here on earth was to go and preach the gospel. And if we will go and preach the gospel, he gave us an assurance that signs and wonders will follow. And I know one or two individuals here who are created for his signs and wonders. But if we are going to experience that signs and wonders... Brethren, one thing that God does not do is that he does not compromise on his principles. When God says, if you do this, this will be the result. If we don't do what he expects us to do, but we expect the results, we are not dealing with this God. But I know there is someone in the house today that the reason for which you have come here is that you need an encounter with God. And you will obtain that encounter in Jesus' name. I said, you will have that encounter with Jesus' name. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18, the Bible says, he told the disciples, he said, go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16 says, he that believeth, and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And verse 17 says, these signs, tell somebody these signs. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. In whose name? In whose name? In the name of Jesus shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But these are signs that follow them that believe and go. As he has commanded. His commandment is go and preach to every creature. Brethren, I know that in this church, God is raising up a generation of men for signs and wonders. But God is not a magician, his principles are very clear. He's saying unto you, go and preach. Not only will you experience the signs and wonders, then you will demonstrate them. If I were to ask us here, how many of us will love it that not in, not in church maybe you are going in the bus and you meet somebody in pains, and you say, can I pray for you? I say, you can pray. The person does not even believe that your prayer will achieve anything. But you pray for that individual and the pain disappears. How many of us would like that? Because if you can do it for someone, then you can do what? You can do it for yourself. Then when you are in pains, you can say, Lord, there is no room for this pain in my body. Then you can lay your hands upon yourself and the pain will disappear. There is only one condition. And what is that condition? You must preach the gospel. We all love shortcuts. True or false? We all love the microwave uh, system. Is that not so? Every one of us, especially the men, yes, yes, when our sisters are not at home, we love the microwave. I, know th- I, I guess the person that, the, that uh, what is the word? Is it? Yes, the, the original originator of that microwave must be a man who was at home, who was hungry, and he was not at home. <laughs> and he said, what is the best way? I must prepare something that can help me. We all love the shortcut. We all love the microwave system. But brethren, when God says, this is my way, then this is his way. The Bible says the hands of the Lord are not short that he cannot save. His ears are not heavy that he cannot hear. God is always willing. God is ever willing. In fact, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro. He's still looking for someone. He's looking for someone in this church. Will he find you? He's looking for someone that will say, if all I need to do is to preach the gospel to someone, that I may experience my own signs and wonders, I will do it. Tell somebody I will do it. And brethren, you know it's not difficult. God will not give you an assignment that is beyond your ability. God is not saying you should be the greatest evangelist to mankind. No. He's not even saying you should be a pastor. All he's saying is, if you need to, if you want to experience my wonders, if you want to experience those beautiful signs, go and do what? Go and preach the gospel. Go and preach the gospel. The Bible says God confirmed the world. He proved himself in the lives of those apostles. In Mark chapter 16 verse 20. Mark chapter 16 verse 20. Since they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord walking with them. In other words, the Lord will walk with those that go forth and preach. Is that not a very simple equation? If you go forth and preach, God will do what? God will work with you. The Lord walking with them, confirming the word with what? With signs following. Confirming the world with signs following. The reason we are not experiencing the signs we desire is that we have refused to go forth and preach. We have refused to declare the gospel that will bring those signs. And I know the Lord is challenging somebody here today. That it is time you arose and went forth. Because God has something to do through you. Isn't it wonderful, brethren? You don't need money, do you? You don't need a car. You don't need anything. All you need is what? Your mouth. Yourself. Somebody said, me, myself, and I. Something like that. All you need is a determination that I want to obey God. All you need is to just say, well, tomorrow as I'm going out, I will preach to one one soul. All you need is to say, this gospel of the kingdom will not die with me. Do you know that if some of us, if we were the ones entrusted with that gospel, it would have died long ago? Do you know that? Do you know there are one or two people here today, and that's a conservative estimate, who have never shared the gospel with somebody? True or false? True. There are one or two people in our midst today we want God to do everything for us but we are not ready to do anything for God. All he has said is don't be selfish. That's only, don't be selfish. You come to church because you want to go to heaven. Unfortunately, if you make it to heaven you'll be a lonely man. Because when you step in there you look around there's no one that you know. There's no one you preach the gospel unto. Now, General I was saying, sharing some time ago, he said the Lord showed him his, his mansion in heaven. And the place was so big. And he said, Lord, what am I going to do with this? A man can sleep in only how many rooms? Only one. And he said the Lord made him to understand that when you get to heaven, all these souls you have won. All the people you have preached to who make it to heaven, they will take turn doing what? Visiting you. That's why you have a mansion. It's not because you're going to sleep in more than one room. I know I'm not going to be a lonely man in heaven. If you don't want to be lonely in heaven, that's if you make it. You've got to make up your mind that you will go and do what? Preach the gospel. Preach. Do you know, brethren, many things that we pray for, we don't need to pray for them. Do you realize that? If only we make up our minds to preach this gospel. If we make up our minds that, I don't want to go to heaven alone. I want somebody to go with me. I want a sister to go with me, I want a brother to go with me. I want a mansion in heaven. I don't want just a room. I'm sure we all know that when we get there, there's no socialism. You will reap what you have what. Very simple. When we get there, it's what you have sown that you will reap. Obedience to the commission is always accompanied by demonstration of the power of God. When the power is lacking, it is because the gospel is not being preached. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we all know that passage very well. It says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And, it doesn't say maybe. It says, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the earth. In other words, you will receive power, you will be a witness unto him in Bari. Is that not so? You will receive power. You will be a witness unto him in your neighborhood. You will receive power. You will be a witness unto him in your place of work. You will receive power. You will be a witness unto him in your home. Some of us, the reason our husbands are not Christians is because we say we are Christians and the man looks at you and says, if this is what it means to be a Christian, I don't want to be a part of it. Is that not so? Some of us, the reason our wives are not Christians It's because they look at you and say you go to church every day. But maybe it will be easier to live with the devil than to live with you. How then can you be a witness? When the Christ you profess to believe in and to serve has made no difference in your life. When you don't fulfill the purpose of your call. You are ashamed of the gospel. Remember the question we started with. Are you ashamed of the gospel? The Bible says many are called. But what? Why are few chosen? Why are not many more chosen? Because many that are called are ashamed of the gospel. What does it mean to be ashamed of the gospel? What does it mean? Number one. When you live in sin, you are ashamed of the gospel. When you do what? When you live in sin, you yes. are ashamed of the gospel. In Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, from verse 15 to verse 23, the Bible makes us to understand some things, I mean some contrast between living in sin and living a righteous life. Verse 15 says, "What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? And what's the answer there? God forbid. Even the Bible says, "God forbid." But in our contemporary world today, many will still tell you that because there is grace, you can sin how, unlimitedly. Grace covers it. That's what the Word of God. It says, "Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace?" It's in the Bible. And the Bible, and, the, and there's an answer. It says what? God forbid. When you continue to live in sin, you are living a life of a man, a woman, a brother, a sister, that is ashamed of the gospel. Verse 16 says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants to, arm to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, or obedience unto righteousness, In other words, whom are you yielded unto? Are you yielded to sin or are you yielded to righteousness? If you live a life of perpetual servitude to sin, no wonder you will be ashamed of the gospel. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. But for some of us, it is our darkness that so much tries to to, to wipe out the light in others. Then how can we say Jesus is Lord? How then can we share the gospel with someone else? Because before we talk, they say, "Ah, people are preaching. You two, you are what? You two, you are preaching? Are you ashamed of the gospel? If you are living a life of sin... You are living a life of someone who is ashamed of the gospel. Let's look at verse 38 of that passage. Of that Romans chapter 6. I know, wrote that. Mark chapter 8, verse 38. Mark chapter 8, verse 38. Romans 6 ends with verse 23, which says, The wages of sin is dead. But the gift of God is eternal life, through Jesus Christ. But in Mark chapter 8, verse 38, he says, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his father with the holy angels. If you are ashamed of Jesus, he will be ashamed of you. Are you ashamed of him? If you are not ashamed of him, he will be proud of you. The way God was proud of Job. The way God was proud of Noah. The way God was proud of Daniel. And brethren, This is where grace comes in. What God expects of you is not beyond what you can do. What he expects of you is just a willingness. He knows you are flesh. He knows there are limitations. Oh, like Jesus Christ when he was here on earth in John chapter 4, the Bible says when he had gone, he was tired. He was hungry. He knows there are times you are tired. He knows there are times you are hungry. But you've not even done anything. And I'm challenging someone here today. When you live in sin, you live a life of a one that is ashamed of the gospel. That's number one. When you cannot freely share the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, you are ashamed of the gospel. You cannot freely share it. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Now, of me as prisoner. But be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. The testimony of our Lord is very simple. He came, he lived, he died, and he did what? He resurrected. That's the most important part of it. The Bible says if he had not risen on the third day, vain is our faith. But thank God, because he did not permanently die in the grave, he gave a hope and a future to you and I. And I pray that when your journey on life is ended, it will not be a story of could have, should have. That the host of heaven will rejoice because of you. That they will say, oh, a general has come home. Not because you are the general overseer, Not because you are the pastor. But because you are an obedient child of God. Because you are an unselfish child of God. Because you are not a child of God that says, so long as I make heaven, that is it. But you are a child of God that says, I don't want to make heaven alone. I want somebody to go with me. Why? Are many of us ashamed of the gospel? What does it mean? The third thing is lukewarm Christianity. What did I call it? Lukewarm Christianity makes you to be ashamed of the gospel. Revelation chapter 3. From verse 15 to verse 19. Revelation 3 verse 15 to 19. Lukewarm Christianity will make you ashamed of the gospel. He says, I know thy works. That thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that were cold or hot. Say, because you are lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Many of us still think we are children, we are, we are children of God, but God already spewed us out of his mouth. Because we are lukewarm. A lukewarm Christian is a Christian that is ashamed of the gospel. A lukewarm Christian is one that is not ready to stand for the Lord. He said, I will spill it out of my mouth. Look at verse 17 of that person. He said, because you say, I am rich. I am increased with goods. I have need of nothing. He said, but you don't know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You cannot be a child of God that has made up his mind to share the word of God in love with someone. And all those things will be used to, 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 to address you. Look on Christianity. Look on Christianity. He said in verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and do what? Is somebody with me? Be zealous therefore and do what? And repent. So you are in church today because Jesus loves you. Tell somebody, Jesus loves you. I know this is not the type of message that some of us expect to hear in church today. A sister came to me some time ago and said, "Oh, when I'm coming to church, I want to come. I want to be excited. I want to. Be. <laughs> if all you come here as you come, come and excite your ears. On the last day, God will ask me. I sent that man to you that day, but you didn't preach the message I gave to you. I can give you one assurance today. I am preaching the message God wants me to preach. And the Lord is saying unto someone here today." It's because I love you, that I'm rebuking you, and I'm chastening you. And he says, be zealous therefore, and do what? Repent. Repent. Make up your mind that you will share this gospel of the kingdom with somebody this week. Make up your mind. That by the time we come together next Sunday, you'll be able to say, I share the gospel with someone every day. Start somewhere. Tell somebody, start somewhere. That story must change. Because I know that God is prepared. God is ready. God is willing to give you something. What he's saying, will he obey me? Will he obey me? Why don't you for once forget about your needs? And think of the needs of the living God. The divine need. Why or what makes you to be ashamed of the gospel? The last thing I want to mention is compromise. What did I say? Compromise. Many of us are masters of compromise. Compromise. So long as you make some men happy, you don't care what God thinks. You can make men happy and God is unhappy. It doesn't matter, it doesn't mean anything to you. In Isaiah 52, from verse 11, the Bible says, Depart ye, depart ye. Go ye from hence. Touch no unclean thing. Go out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Be ye clean. Depart. Stop toying with sin. Stop compromising the standard of God. He wants you for himself. That's the meaning of a jealous God. God is a jealous God. He doesn't want to share you with any man. He wants you to look at his own... I mean, what does he want first in everything that you do? Remember, there was this uh, home video that we watched. Is it? I don't know. I don't remember it now, but this young man who wanted a job... That the MD called him into his office. I'm sure somebody would be able to tell me the title. Called him and said, "Go and go and change the uh, uh, the records. Go and falsify the records." And the man struggled himself. Should I do? Should I do? Not? And the following day, went and said, "Lord, I mean, sir, I cannot do it. I'm a child of God." And he expected that they would fire him. And they gave him that job. Many of us, we call ourselves Christians, if your boss calls you into the office and says, young man, yeah, no, we know that this is the inventory. We have five drums in the warehouse, but I want you to change it to 5,000 so that our balance sheet will look very good. So those of us that are accountants know what I'm saying. We have only five drums, but just put three zeros. After all, there are zeros, right? Just put it there so that we will have a very good book. You say, well, it's my boss that told me to do it, so I'll do what? I'll do it. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? That your boss will never, when he's looking for a man of integrity, he will not think of you. Because he knows you can be bought. He knows you have a price. When we talk of things like some, of, some people think things like this only happen in, a, in God's own country. It happens everywhere. And some of us here know what I'm saying. You have falsified records to appease your boss. But God is not happy. Compromise will make you to. After you've done that, can you preach to that man? Can you tell him, uh, Mr. Jones, do you know Jesus loves you? He will look at you and smile. He says, Johnson, just go and do your work. And you know the meaning of that. You have sold yourself for $5,000. You are ashamed of the gospel. But if you have stood your ground and said there is still something called integrity. I am a child of God. I cannot do this. If this is what you want me to do, well, I will dust off my resume. Please be a good reference when my letter comes to you. That man will stand by you to the end. Many of us have been framed up in our places of work. No one can stand for us. We have been truly been framed up. People have ganged up together against us. But because we have been masters of compromise, all true. No one can say, I will put my neck out for this one. I trust him. Are you ashamed of the gospel? The Bible says power belongs unto God. The passage we read in where we started, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. The gospel is the power of God. Do you need to, you want to experience God's power? Preach the gospel. You want to experience God's power? Live a life that shares the gospel with somebody. Psalm 62, verse 11 says, God has spoken once. Twice have I had. The power belongs unto God. This power is for your use as a vessel as well as for your own good. God wants you to experience the power. God wants to make you a vessel, a vessel through whom others will experience that power. But the choice is yours today. The Bible says, Jesus came and spoke to his disciples. In Matthew chapter 28 from verse 18. He said, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. He said, Go ye therefore, teach all nations. Teach all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. He said, And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. When God is with you, whoever is against you, it are, yeah, they are against you for the, to their own detriment. That's why the Bible says when a man pleases the Lord, he does what? He makes his enemies to be at peace with him. Not because they want to be at peace with you, but because if they are not at peace with you, they know that they are digging their own graves. This is the power of God. Jesus Christ said all power is given unto me. I give it unto you. Go and preach. That's all you have to do. Brethren, the ways of God are very simple. They are very simple. All that he expects of you, they are very simple. You think you need to be eloquent and have PhD in theology to preach? No. You may just need to tell somebody, Jesus loves you. And the guy thinks you are speaking Greek. Because the guy doesn't understand. But that may be what will prevent that man from committing suicide. That may be what will prevent that woman. In the the past, when people want to commit suicide, they go and take a rope and tie their neck. They don't do that again. Oh, there are many drugs they can buy that they will just go go home and swallow and they are gone. But because you met that sister in the bus, say, oh, hi, how are you? God bless you. God bless you. I have a message for you. And she looks at you. What's the message? I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. You don't need to say more than that. If you know anything for that to say, say it. You know nothing else for that to say, do what? Don't say it. Don't say, Jesus loves you and look for the next exit and run away. But you have preached the gospel. You have done what? You have preached the gospel. Because that phrase, Jesus loves you, will resound in the heart of that sister. Will, res- will-, will keep on coming up in the heart of that brother. He will get home and he will be unable to sleep. It will keep ringing in his head until he goes on his knees and says, okay, Jesus, they say you love me. If you really, truly love me, okay, do whatever you want with me. And a light will flood that room. And Jesus will reveal himself unto him. And that man, the following day, is a different man because you shared a testimony with him in the bus. Because you said unto her, Jesus, loves you. If you are ashamed of the gospel, the power will not be manifested, either in you or through you. But this morning, you can make up your mind that it's a new beginning. And brethren, for me, it's a new beginning. As I'm preaching this word unto us, there are a number of things I'm telling myself that I need to do better. You can make up your mind that from this day onwards, I will, that scripture we read in Revelation, it says, be zealous and do what? And repent. That things must change. I must live a different Christian life from this day onwards. I must be a child of God that God is proud of. I will not be one of those that God will look at and continue to shake his head.